Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. Well, this week it's the final event of the West Coast Swing on the PGA Tour, the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club Elk. We're going to dive deep when it comes to the course because who would know this course better than the guy who won the 1995 PGA Championship on it? <laughs> well, that's right, Diane. Riviera is everybody's favorite uh, venue almost uh, perched right in the middle of Los Angeles, right up on top of the hill, Diane, looking down, surrounded by mansions and everyone in L.A. And it's an elevated event. And this club is elevated up on top of this hill. And you play down in this bowl all day, start on number one down the hill and you come back up the hill on 18 historical place, Diane, fantastic. Everyone from Hogan and Nicholas, all these guys have won there. There's only one guy that's never won at Riviera, and he's playing this week, and that's Tiger Woods. It's hard to believe that's coming out of my mouth. You know, Lee Trevino said one time, he says, God doesn't give everybody everything. Well, I guess he held one tiny little course out of Tiger's resume, and that is Riviera. And what do you think about him playing this week, and does he have a chance? Well, it's um, it's crazy because the golf world blew up last Friday when Tiger tweeted and put on his Instagram that he was going to be playing this week. Of course, Tiger is the host of this event and has been for a long time. His foundation benefits greatly. Um, But you're right, it's the elusive course. It's the one that has escaped him and... It's the one that he he doesn't have a win on. And I'm sure he's not going to be satisfied with his career until he has Riviera on it. Will he? Will he not? Um, we didn't. We haven't seen him play since the Open at St Andrews last July, and that wasn't exactly a huge success. Um, well, he played with his son Charlie in the the PNC, but. Yeah, I mean, I was a bit surprised to hear that he was going to play this week. Happy, and I think we're always very optimistic and hopeful when it comes to Tiger. Our expectations have maybe been um, 
I don't know, managed a little bit since we saw him play last year. And, uh, you know, obviously I made reference to the Open, but I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Do you think the thing about Tiger is he plays to win, right? Do you really think he has a like, expectation of going out there and, and seriously competing this week? Well, I remember when he first came on at this golf course, he was about a 15-year-old. He got a sponsor's invite, and we're all wondering. And Sandy Lyle, a, Scot a Scotsman, countryman of yours, was the current Masters champion. And they asked Sandy Lyle, he said, what do you think of Tiger Woods? Mm -hmm. And Sandy Lyle said with his Scottish humour, he said, I've never played that course. <laughs> he didn't even know who Tiger Woods was. Now, we do know this. Uh, I do know this about Tiger Woods. He knows how hard a course it is to walk down these hills, the first hole and up the hill at 18. So I know his leg's going to be fine or ready because he would have um, he would have practiced that. He would have done stair-stepping. It, it is a very demanding course in places to get up and down some of, some of these hills. I think Max Honma tweeted the other day, he said, oh, I'm glad to see Tiger's playing. We'll have to carry him down the first hole and carry him up the 18th hole. Certainly, yeah, certainly Tiger will be ready. He'll be ready to play. He's never won on this course. I don't know how many times he's played there. I played with him. I was paired with him one year in the last round of a tournament where he shot 65. And I asked him, how come you've never won here? And he just kind of did one of those. He says, someday soon, maybe. Um, but I don't have a, you know, I'm not handicapping Tiger this week. I don't have anything to go by. He's never won this tournament. He's coming out of Diane. I mean, he hasn't played on tour in a year, uh, except with Charlie, as you as you said. So I think he's going to be doing his host duties this week. He takes that job very seriously. But I think he'll get out there and play his practice rounds with Justin Thomas and Jordan, uh, sorry, yeah, Jordan Spieth, maybe um, Rory McIlroy, get a feel for um, tournament speed, meaning that these guys have been out playing, they you're watching the ball flight, get, just get everything moving. You can't really simulate that at home. But I'm interested in you telling me what the odds are for Tiger because I don't have him anywhere on my board. Well, he's 150 to 1. And when you look at the odds board this week, once again, we're into another one of these elevated events. Um, we'll go back and talk about it last week briefly, but $20 million purse, $3.6 million to the winner. So, you know, the, the odds when you look at Tiger being 150 to 1, it's actually very good and he's pretty far up when you're scrolling. So... Um, I was looking top 20, he's plus 475. Um, I think Tiger making the cut is ambitious. Is that fair to say? Very optimistic that Tiger may make the cut, Diane. You know, we know we know Tiger Woods is will be prepared. All the great players, they always come to events ready to go. So we know he's a great putter. We know he loves playing in Los Angeles. That's where he's from. He knows how to putt Poana Greens. But I just don't, I can't imagine him being ready and everyone else is up to speed. And this is a, we've got the best players in, of all the tour in this new elevated event. So it's going to be a push. I've got him at 31% making the cut. Just made that up. <laughs> I was like, where are you getting that stuff from? Well, his best finish here has been in a tie for seventh way back in 2004. He played here in 2020 and finished 68th. So, 
We'll see. I mean, like, obviously, everyone gets excited when Tiger's playing an event. We were really expecting it to only be the majors going forward. So this is an added bonus and it's going to get a lot more eyes on the event, a lot more buzz in the run up to the Genesis Invitational. And with him being the host and his charity benefiting, it's it's only a good thing. So Tiger's good for everyone. We know that. Um, I want to go back very quickly to last week, the WM phoenix open oh my gosh i mean it's like crazy mayhem <laughs> and and you feel it when you're just sat at home watching it um it was again an elevated event a scotty scheffler defending his title successfully and taking home 3.6 million it's a bit of a shame that the tournament was kind of over it was really between him and nick taylor towards the end and when taylor bogeyed 16 it was almost handed to scheffler in that respect but you had another top 10 in john ram you're on a roll oh i'm on a roll of picking a guy that's pretty obviously playing well john ram he didn't play that great at golf last week but he was right there finished third you know it was very apparent to me uh diane that what we talked about in the show last week about super duper length off the tee was so advantageous at that course. Jason Duffner was paired. My friend Jason was paired with Rory McIlroy yesterday. And he told me that he hit nine iron in the two par five yesterday, which is just insanity. Um, he said, it's just the biggest weapon you could ever have. Rory didn't have his greatest week. And we predicted that too. He'd only ever played there once, but Scotty Scheffler, is a uh, very quiet sort of an assassin. I mean, you you feel it when John Rahm's in contention. You almost sort of, he knows that he's got a chance and he acts on every putt. He's pumping fists on the fifth hole when he makes par. You feel it with him. You don't feel it as much with Scotty. He just kind of, you know, goes along. He's got some funky footwork, but he's maybe in the desert one hole and then up and down on the next hole. But 65 yesterday, Diane, with the lead is so strong. And uh, there he is again, back on number one. And when he made the putt for par on 16, that's when you just see he's got like the heart of a lion. And when he's in these tough situations, we saw it at the Masters when he won the green jacket too. He, he, he saves par in the most spectacular way. He's just got so much fight about him and, and you can tell that he wants it. But very cool for him, bearing in mind that last year that was a scene of his first PGA Tour win and how much his life has changed within the last 12 months. So always a great champion. And we're on to another elevated event this week. So the ball just keeps on rolling before the guys head over to the start of the Florida swing at the Honda Classic next week. But we're talking Riviera Country Club. We talked about it at the top of the show that this is where you won the 1995 PGA Championship. I was there with you a couple of years ago. There's a great statue um, with the, the names of everyone who's won on the course before and your name is up there I mean we have to, we've talked about it so many times we've watched the videos and the reruns of the footage so many times but you won in a playoff against Colin Montgomery what what's your what's your biggest takeaway from that day maybe before you teed off and then when you knew that that something special was unfolding well I was having a great year. I finished up winning the, the the Varden Trophy for the lowest stroke average in 1995. I started the year at a win at the Tournament of Champions, and I finished third in the Masters, a fifth in the British Open and St. Andrews. So I was playing some great golf, going back to a course, Riviera, that I knew really well. The, the long hitters don't have a super big advantage, and I knew that. But this course favors 
a fade shot off the tee. Of course, it's called Hogan's Alley. There's only two two holes that sort of require a draw, and that's hole six and hole 13. But, uh, um, you know, on Sunday for me, Diane, I got hot, and I had kind of lost the Open Championship at St. Andrews in, in, a, in a way that I just didn't really feel like I should have. In other words, I, I got so nervous on the back nine, I didn't know if this was going to be for me. And fortunate enough for me, I was able to get right back in and play at Riviera three weeks later. And there I was, had another chance. And and Ernie Els was only two groups behind me, and he was ahead by six strokes. But I got hot right out of the gate and found myself two shots ahead through 12 holes on Sunday. And right then, I knew one thing was for sure, that I was not going to take my foot off, off, the, off the gas all the way in. And it took all of that, and then I had to be – Colin Montgomery with a birdie on the extra playoff hole. So fabulous week for me, historical week, great course. Uh, our stats have changed a little bit uh, from last week where this is a much harder golf course to hit greens and save pars, uh, not favouring the super long hitters this week. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the Kikuya, mate, grass. I can't say it in my accent because I'm so used to hearing you saying Kikuya <laughs> that I feel like I can only say it in that terrible Australian twang that I uh, attempt to do. <laughs> but, um, you know, that grass, it, it's its known for being sticky grass. So it makes it even harder. You've got the Poa greens, you've got the Kikuya rough. Um, what are the, the challenges that the guys are going to face in that sense? Well, Kikuya is real spongy grass. So uh, if you take big divots, you're in trouble at uh, Riviera. You better learn how to sweep the ball. And when you get into the rough, as you just said, sometimes it sits up really nice and you can get right on top of it and make it skid across there and bite like crazy. Other times you can't quite get your blade underneath it and you don't know what it's going to do. So you finish up seeing guys chip good shots and the next one they hit it one foot in front of them. So it's all about where, how it finishes in the Kikuya. We'll find out this week if it's if the rough is really high. I suspect it will be as much rain as they've had in Los Angeles in the last two months. It's been underwater out there. So I'm thinking this is going to be a higher scoring uh, tournament than usual. Won't be playing. We saw Pebble Beach, how, how cool it, it was and how soft the courses were. I think Riviera will not be, be firm and fast, playing a little longer. Um Yes, Kikuya is a factor, and it does favor the guys that, that sweep the ball, so to speak, Diane, not digging down to Tasmania. Well, we're not going to see the low-scoring event that we've seen in some of these other West Coast events. Um, over the last decade, the cut has been over par every year. Last year, it was Joaquin Neiman who won. Of course, he's gone off to live golf now, but he beat Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa by two. Morikawa went super low, six under on Sunday to really jump up that leaderboard. Um, the two of them are back in action this week. And, well, we're going to be giving our picks. We've got outright favourites ones to watch and then those dark horses who are over well at or over 100 to 1 um, so we'll see I mean we talked about it last week with these elevated events with all these big names with the world's best playing it's to, I always think it makes it a little bit harder to handicap. You've been on a roll of late, so maybe it's easier for you, especially at this course but you've got this little bunch of guys and we saw it 
um, yesterday at the WM Phoenix Open. It was great to have Nick Taylor in amongst all these guys in the mix. But, you know, you had Xander up there, Justin Thomas, Jordan, John Ram, all in the conversation. Obviously, um, Scotty Scheffler who went on to win. But it's uh, you're looking at those guys that are really top of the pack. Yeah, and I said something wrong a minute ago when I, I'm going to talk about the course just for a minute. But um, when you have the top 20 or 25 of the top 30 players on the tour playing in one event, we saw what that does uh, onto the leaderboard on the weekend, Diane. They're slightly better for a reason, and we see those guys push their way up. There was only one guy, Nick Taylor, and he wasn't a rookie. I didn't see any rookies up there at the end, and we sort of predicted that because it's such an elevated event. A lot of pressure. This this week will be much the same. But talking about this George Thomas design golf course, Diane, um, the trick about Riviera is there's sort of lots of little elevation shots with these big yawning bunkers that sit right up high to your eye and you've got to come in up over, try to put some spin. They've, they've got corner the, corners of these greens that are hard to get to. If you don't drive it in the fairway, you can't do anything at all can't even play the golf course if you're not in the fairway at Riviera. And what happens, Diane, is you finish up not hitting as many greens in regulation as, as you normally would on tour. We know from studying the stats for the last 19 years, it's almost identical uh, formula to win this. The greens in reg average at this time of year is up in the 70%. You're going to hit, the winners hit 65% of the greens at Riviera because they're hard to hit. They'll hit and spin off. They'll hit and jump left. So you've got to you've got to have your short game really good. You've got to have one. The most important stat this week is who is not going to make bogeys. Who is going to stay? You know who is not willing to give up a a, a par, and that's a very crucial stat. Now that's why I wonder why Tiger Woods has never won it. That guy never made bogey hardly when he when he was trying the hardest, but. Joaquin Neiman won this tournament last year and he hit about 63% of his greens. When I won, I hit 65%. Um, drove the ball in the top 20, both of us. And then in putting, we almost, we both finished number one, 1. 1.5 putts per hole. So there's only what two ways to hit to win this. You've got to be able to chip on the greens that you miss and keep it going all week. So what I'm looking for, Diane, I'm looking for guys that are hot players, can hit greens, and when they miss, they can get it up and down, and they've got a little history at Riviera because I don't think guys going there for the first time are going to do anything. Okay, maybe we're looking at the same sort of combination, which again is a great confidence boost for me, bearing in mind you're doing so well right now with your picks, and two, you've won a major here. So <laughs> we are going to dive into those picks then. We'll start with our outright favourites, and well, I'll let you go first. Okay, you'll let me go first. All right. Well, I was watching the I was watching the telecast last week, uh, and they were doing that deal where they put the pl uh, the, the plugs in the little uh, the players' ears, and they go live while the guys in the tournament. And I was watching Tom Kim, and his caddy, of course, was used to caddy for uh, Ricky Fowler, Joe, and Ian Baker Finch asked Tom Kim, "What is it like having an experienced caddy?" And Tom Kim said something very interesting to me that I'm the reason I'm picking him this week. And that was that when he gets to a tournament that he hasn't played before, like Phoenix, he says, I could just relax in the practice rounds because Joe is here. He's telling me everywhere to go, where not to go. 
and I can just focus on, you know, my, my swing, my putting, my practice and so on. But I'm picking Tom Kim this week, Diane. I think he's one of these young guys that's up for a big win here coming down the stretch. Tiger's in town. Everybody's in town. All lights are on LA. Tom King's bright, a bright star. Putt's good. It was a coin flip between him and some JM for me. I've been watching some Jay play for a month now, playing super golf. Putt's good. He chips the best, but I got a feeling about Tom Kim. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I love Tom Kim, huge fan, have been since the President's Cup. So it would be great. And, you know, that going back to the TV feature that they have now when the players are mic'd up with the AirPods in talking down the fairway, it's just brilliant. And, you know, Patrick Cantley said that he's not game, he's not going to be one to do it. But then you've had like Keith Mitchell, Max Homa, Tom Kim. Now, there's a certain personality that's going to warm to that and, and be more entertaining, I guess, for the viewers. So Tom Kim... Checking my book. Right, well, my outright favourite this week is 16 to 1. Um, Tom Kim, by the way, 35 to 1. So I've got a, a definite higher favourite on the odds board. I'm going with a guy that you love, Elk. He is a fellow PGA champion. Um, Justin Thomas is going to be my outright favourite this week. Now, Justin Thomas is... An elite ball striker. There are times that we don't see it. There are times that we do see it and he is switched on. Like when he won the Players' Championship, I'll always go back to that. Um, just a tremendous display. Barkley. Stop. <laughs> and we really saw that over the weekend at the WM Phoenix Open. He shot... 67, 65, finished in solo fourth. I was looking at his stats. He was third off the tee and second tee to green. Now, you talk about experience at this course. He's had three top tens at the Genesis Invitational. He was runner-up in 2019, sixth last year. Justin Thomas loves Tiger Woods. They've got this, like, special friendship. So for him, this has to be one where... You know, he would love to have this on his resume. He would love to do it for Tiger. Um, the kind of old school Hollywood glamour, that almost plays into Justin Thomas's game and just the way that he is. So I think at 16 to 1, after how we saw him play at the weekend in Phoenix, JT is going to be my outright favourite this week. It's a good pick. And you're right about uh, all those little elements that go into this broth of tea, if you will, Riviera. Hollywood, elevated event, Tiger, you know, Tiger there. It just changes everything about the event. Okay. All right. So our next picks are going to be our ones to watch. Um, my guy is 110 to 1. What kind of odds are you looking at? Well, I'm looking at 100 to 1 for my player to watch, which I can't believe he's, he's 100 to 1. I think I may have a guy that could contend to the, for the championship. Do you want to go first or do you want me to kick it off? No, you keep going because we'll get some in the can here. Okay, okay. Right, well, my guy, I've been watching him for a while now. I picked him for the American Express, um, but his game has really been trending in the right direction for a while now. And the Amex was one of those tournaments that is kind of known for being his favorite, but he's played this tournament eight times before. So he knows Riviera, he knows what it's going to take. His best finish here was sixth. He's having a good season, as I said. He's had three top tens this season, including a 10th place finish in Phoenix last week. I'm going with Adam Hadwin, <laughs> 110 to one. Um, 
I was looking at his stats for the season. He's 16th in approach and 17th in putting. So we said that those are going to be important stats this week. Um, and if he can, you know, hit greens and then convert the putts like he's been doing and, and like he did last week, I saw him play the 16th um, over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday to pretty much perfection. So Adam Hadwin, I love it at 110 to one. When I saw that price, I was all over it today. Yeah, that's a good price on him. You know, when you think about the past champions of this tournament, uh, Diane, you think of, you know, all the way back, Hogan, you know, Freddie Couples a couple of times, Corey Pavin, you know, all these guys, Craig Stadler, Dustin Johnson, Adam Scott, you know, what do they all do? They're all sort of superior strikers of the ball. And, you know, hitting these greens at Riviera is really the trick. So I'm looking at guys that hit the ball, you know, hit the ball really well, just naturally. They're in fairway, in in play. My player is having a spectacular West Coast, Diane, and is, is 100 to 1, and he's already won on the West Coast. Of course, I'm talking about Siwoo Kim, who won the Players' Championship. He knows how to win under pressure. He's in tremendous form. He's won huge money every week on the West Coast, including winning at Hawaii just a month ago, 100 to 1 is a ridiculous price. I think Siwoo's type of game keeps it in play, gets into these greens, and just stays with it all week, just stays stays with it. Okay. And uh, he's been wearing some mental clothes. <laughs> Have you? He's um he's sponsored by PGA Tour Clothing and some I mean you being the fashion guy that you are and we talked about that old Hollywood glamour of Riv some of these mad geometric sweaters are uh, are hopefully going to be on show this week <laughs> Well that's the Korean you know that's the Korean way right they bold big bold everything you know, squares diamonds triangles all together i love it it's great it works for, it, they get away with it i love it and he yeah you're right he's got he's got the character that goes with it too uh, right so our ones to watch you have siwu kim at 100 to 1 and i'm going with adam hadwin at 110 to 1 and then finally dark horse picks and we say they have to be over 100 to 1 so i can't wait to see what your guys odds are gonna be um do you want to go first then with your dark horse? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, as you get down the list, when you have 30 or 40 of the top players in the world playing an event, the odds start to get really long, really fast because Vegas knows for these guys to jump in and play well, it's monumental. But I go, I'm looking at one guy with a medium range game, meaning that he uh, doesn't hit the ball a mile, but is in really good form. Played well last week in in uh, Phoenix, but I'm taking a Riviera specialist this week. He's played ten times at Riviera, and he's won it once seven years ago. Eight, fifth, twenty seventh, thirty sixth, so and so, so and so has about ninety percent chance of making the cut. I'm talking about James Hahn from okay. California. Knows how, knows how to play out in the West Coast, understands Poana, when to go, when not to. One of the things we talked about when Max Homer won here in L.A. and won twice in Napa and now in California, they know how to play in Poana, when to attack, when to stay back, keep away from these corners of the greens. You, you can't get up and down at Riviera every time. It's, you've got to be in the right spot. 
So James Hahn knows all that, of course. Ten times around here, Diane has as good a record as anyone. 250 to 1. Ah, wow. Okay. Um, when it came to past champions, there's one guy that we haven't mentioned. He's 55 to 1. Adam Scott. I definitely uh, think we have to talk about Adam Scott quickly because when you look at past performance and course history here, this is the guy. He's won it twice. Um, he's had two runner-up finishes, an additional three top tens, finished fourth last year. He played in Hawaii, went back to Australia, has been working on his game was never going to miss this tournament because A, he's had success and B, he said he just loves the course. So 55 to 1 for Adam Scott. Yeah, when you look at Adam's stats, you can't find anything in there to say, yes, he's going to do well at Riviera. However, until you get into the last box here and we show the last 10 event and we realize that Kikuya you know, Adam's weakest part of his game is putting. Strongest part is driving and hitting it in play every hole. But, Diane, to quantify how a guy plays a certain course because he likes it off the tee or he knows how to sweep his irons at Riviera, of Kikuya, whatever it is, we've seen it a ton of times. There's horses for courses, and if there was ever one, it's this one. He is just – he elevates when he comes here – for this elevated event. I like it. I like it. Okay, well, my Dark Horse pick is also 250 to 1, the same as yours with James Hahn, and I'm taking Sepp Straka, the Austrian. So he's my um, Dark Horse. We haven't seen him play much this year. He played in Hawaii at the start of the year, and then he went over to play the DP World Tour, and... Um, no, no cuts made in those two events. So we're throwing that out the window. But the... The main reason I'm picking him is he's a great iron player and his approach stat is definitely his best stat. Looking at his season-long stats, again, he hasn't played for a while, so you can't really read into them too much, but 20th for the season and from 125 yards out, he's fourth. So I kind of like that. Fourth appearance at Riviera. He finished in a tie for 15th last year. And last year, remember, he played well here and then he went on and won the Honda the following week. And you talk about those biorhythms. So maybe this is Sepp Straka's biorhythm time in that, you know, last year, this time of year, he had the best couple of weeks ever. So I like Sepp Straka at 250 to 1. I like it. I um, We haven't even spoke of some absolute career stud player, Cantlay, went to UCLA, plays probably as good a record as anyone at this course. Honmer, of course, plays well. Finnau, Rahm, of course, McElroy, uh, Scotty Chef, Lowry could play here. Will Zalatoris is back in action. All these top players. The Gala, who we've talked about before. Jordan Spieth should do pretty good here. When you start to think about what would look like a champion at Riviera, you would start to think about a guy like Jordan Spieth mm -hmm. and gets it up and down from everywhere, no matter where it is, he can get it up and down, avoids bogeys, and that's the most important stat, uh, Diane. But the question with Jordan always is, can he drive it where he can play the hole from? Yeah. So there's little minuscule little ups and downs in this board right here, but um, Diane, it's all going to come down to bogey avoidance. When you play Riviera, you, you should get off to a great start. The first hole is a very short par five. Then you start to wind around the course, Diane. You start to play some really difficult holes. Seven, nine is a monster. Ten's tricky. 
11's a little breather, par three, but then you play 13, 14, 15, 16. They're all into the wind, normally off the ocean. You know, it's 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 a course you can score on, but when the pins are pushed into the corners, you've got to be pinpoint accurate to get in there. Um, I've just got a few other things I was looking at. Patrick Cantley, he's 25 to 1. And as you say, Californian, knows what it's all about. He leads um, for greens and reg percentage on the tour and scrambling from the fringe. For a top 10 here, he's just over 3 to 1. So that was quite appealing. Um, and then just to throw it out there, if you think Tiger Woods could maybe finish in the top 20, he's plus 475. <laughs> maybe. Well, I'll throw one more stat in. There's, there's one other way you can almost win this tournament. Colin Montgomery, the one that I beat, uh, the, the player that I beat in the 95 PGA, Colin Montgomery hit 85% of his greens for the week at Riviera and 83% of his fairways at Riviera and did not win because I birdied this, the extra hole, the 73rd hole, Diane. So you can hit a million greens, but the best way to do it is to putt your lights out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Right. Well, we're going to see it in action this week. We cannot wait. We love this golf course for obvious reasons. And uh, we're going to have to throw up some of our Riv content this week to relive your epic victory in 1995. The picture of Annie in the Wanamaker, we're definitely going to have to post because it's our favorite picture of all time. <laughs> and I can see it. Yeah. 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 She's there. She's 27 years old now, so that's how long ago it was. Um, no, it's it's an iconic venue. The golf course is always fabulous. Um, this elevated event uh, almost didn't need to be. Everyone goes to this one anyway, Diane, but uh, the 20 million, my friend Jason Duffner, played uh, well last week. He finished 30th and won 109 thousand dollars to give you a feel of what elevated events for 31st on the tour was last week so nick taylor who finished second obviously would have been disappointed not to win but he took home over two million dollars for finishing in second place so it's just these elevated events there's there's a lot on the line and also this week don't forget we have the netflix documentary coming out full swing are you going to be watching it I certainly will. I want to see uh, what I used to get up to. I'm sure I did some of the things they did. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm just nosy. <laughs> and they, everyone said it, but they picked out. Oh, I want to see if they do anything different than what we did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then after the Genesis, next week, we move on to Florida. Um, the Players' Championship is obviously the next big one that's in sight. But the Honda Classic coming up, we've got Bay Hill. Um, this is really the, the the meaty part of the season from here on out, which is great. And uh, we'll be back with our tour report next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.